Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the deadly boys of What Culture, Michael Hamplett and Michael Sidgwick here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. And that issue today is how AEW should solve its Chris Jericho problem. Sidge, for those unaware, what is this Chris Jericho problem? Um, I think a lot of people are aware, and I think that is the problem. Mm. We should preface this podcast by saying that in true Jericho form, if you are to watch this three weeks after it gets uploaded to YouTube, there's potential that we could get mugs made out of us even more so than usual. (laughs) Because he has this habit of, ah, Jericho, I'm bored. I'm bored of this. It's not as funny as it used to be. The Jericho vortex, as it is called as sucking people into its more and careers are being ruined. And oh my God, he's just had a banger or he's just said something that's really silly, but just incredibly funny at the same time. I was a big advocate for perspective on Chris Jericho, particularly last year when quite frankly, some of his stuff was unbelievable. Like he had a match with John Moxley at Quake by the Lake. That was one of the best matches in dynamite history. His character work was really, really funny. He had great matches quite frequently. Yes, the JAS versus BCC program and the Kingston program both peaked very, very early. But I would say Chris Jericho probably, on reflection, did more good than bad in AEW. And I was always trying to be impartial when he got buried everywhere because this Chris Jericho problem has been creeping for quite some time. Mm. You don't have the Ishii match that he had if you're not an absolutely fantastic worker. You don't make people laugh as often as he did if you're not a great worker. And I tried to tell people, I tried to tell Hamflick because he hates him a little bit more (laughs) than I kind of do at the moment as a performer, obviously, um, that have some perspective. He will do something amazing in like three weeks. This is the first time I truly feel in AEW that that three weeks he'll do something great again. It's Chris Jericho. I can't see that happening um, for quite some time. This Ricky Starks ongoing program has kind of been a disaster for Ricky Starks. He might as well have been better off working the YouTube shows for six weeks for how his career is faltering. 
at present. Is that Chris Jericho? Is it the cloud vampire? Is the arrangement of this feud just completely wrong? And we know that Chris Jericho has a sort of vast degree of creative influence over his own programs. Ultimately, what's happening now is the Chris Jericho problem is long becoming a pattern. It's uh, some have deemed it the Chris Jericho vortex where he feuds with someone. It goes on for a quite frankly unreasonably long amount of time and ultimately he kind of goes over every single time in the end. Yes, Claudio Castagnoli went over in their program. I think he tapped Chris Jericho out three times during that. Who's on TV? More often than not, yeah. in a, at present, who's on TV? Claudio can, is lucky if he gets on Rampage at the moment. So, yes, he won the storyline feud over Chris Jericho, but that's not reflected in what either man has done subsequently. Chris Jericho went over Eddie Kingston in the end, which was shocking because the whole idea originally was premised on the idea that Eddie, King, Eddie Kingston could not win the big one. He couldn't. What happened there? The JAS versus BCC thing brought into focus, and people have this sort of apprehension around Ricky Starks, and again, it doesn't matter who wins that program, because if Ricky Starks wins a much improved effort than we've seen on Dynamite of late, at Revolution, it's not like Chris Jericho realistically is going to be positioned below Ricky Starks on AEW, and I think a lot of people have kind of worked this out. Um, the JAS versus BCC thing as well, making going back to a, a point I was just about to make just then, brought into focus the Vortex. What happens is they'll have an establishing match or something, and then it'll conclude at a pay-per-view or at a Dynamite or Rampage, like months down the road. What happens in that intervening period is genuinely 50-50 booking-adjacent stuff. Could you honestly, and I like to consider myself like an AEW historian. I know that's pretentious. I don't care. I like chronicling mm. this promotion's history, okay? You've a book about it. Yep, go to Amazon. <laughs> 120,000 passionate, insightful words all about the formation and indeed rise of AEW called Becoming All Elite, the rise of AEW, right? Um, I could not begin to tell you all of the matches that happened between the BCC and the JAS subsequent to Blood and Guts that led up to um, Final Battle where it all kind of ended mercifully. There were so many tag matches and singles matches and trios matches between derivations of both groups, and so many of those results didn't matter. They were trying to preserve the big matches and try and tell sub-stories that never really seemed to bloom underneath, but ultimately they just traded wins in arbitrary matches that just kind of... It used to be the case that they would preserve the anticipation for the big blow-off, but increasingly with Jericho, it just feels like they are procrastinating and delaying the inevitable. Yeah, Ricky Starks was kind of the catalyst for this uh, podcast pamphlet because it, it started so well. He'd just obviously come off that very close, controversial loss to uh, MJF for the world title. Then he beat Chris Jericho and you thought, great, well, there you go. It's a springboard back to, you know, the top of the card. And then it's just kept going from there. <laughs> You're right. And speaking of keeping going from there, we're keeping going with some great deals for Omaha Steaks this weekend. <laughs> if I ease, what culture now for a good? <laughs> But to lean that onto a point, that kind of feels when Chris Jericho does that little fake interlude in his podcast, that sometimes feels what happens in his storylines. It's all very, well, it's the opposite of organic, which is what all of AW is supposed to feel. We are doing these things in these Chris Jericho programs because that's what a Chris Jericho program is. Sidgwick's nailed it there with the BCC one specifically. It's going through the motions of what, for 20 years, 
a wrestling feud looked like when there was only one game in town, and now there's not. Like, he is, despite him being so vital to AEW's early days as an established star, and yeah. a perfect world champion, by the way, and that's why we're talking about it as a problem, because if it was just a case of, you know what, he's not worth it, get rid. There, there isn't that. It, no, there isn't that with no, Chris no, Jericho. No. It's a far more sort of complex situation. I think um, some of the, and I don't want to call them WWE habits, because I think we have to look at Chris Jericho rather than just one company he worked for for a long time. But he definitely got used to a way television was made, wrestling television made, weekly wrestling television was made, believed that he had to feature every single week in a company where... Almost nobody does. Mm. There are very few wrestlers that feature in person every single week. Chris Jericho has tried to be that person. And even when we know it'll be somewhere else, he'll be doing a pre-tape. You could know he's on the cruise because he's advertised it or whatever. Or he's doing a fuzzy gig because he's posted a picture outside of Weatherspoons, <laughs> like wherever he is. And yet he's still on Dynamite in a pre-tape or something like that. He's got that mentality from his Raw Smackdown days. That like, if you're not there, you're nowhere. It's not the case in AEW. It's uh, the fans won't forget if you're not there for a week. The fans won't mind if you don't wrestle for a few weeks, if mm. they believe in the character or they buy into the storyline. You know, there's an element of understandable insecurity, I suppose, if you're a man of his age at this point in his career. That's not a neg. It's being realistic. You know, it's a, a company that fosters younger talent that should always be coming through. So I do sort of get it for that, like, insecure performance instinct, but he's never really switched that off. Like, even after he didn't need to be the vital central figure of AEW, he's kind of always felt like he's had to be anyway. It's that lack of, there's just a lack of consequence. Mm. No matter really what happens in a Chris Jericho feud in the beginning, middle, and end, even now that there's no rankings, AEW sort of exists with us as an invisible framework. That's never really applied to Chris Jericho. It's certainly never felt that mm. way anyway. And it's almost like he's allowed to be that way. It's almost like he's allowed to sort of colour outside the lines of how a lot of AEW wrestlers fit in. CM Punk, when he first debuted, if you consider how he arrived, and like regardless of how all that ended, his character arc was initially, I need to find my way back to being the best. Mm -hmm. So that's winning matches, working up the rankings, getting better with each individual match. Like Since 2020, there's never been a Chris Jericho story like that. Not really. The closest we approached was when we thought he was going to form a unit with Eddie Kingston. And they were shaking hands and he was like, I need to find myself again. And you've made me rethink things. And it turned out that he was doing what, unfortunately, a lot of people suspected, which was spotting that somebody was hot and thinking, I'll have a bit mm. of that. Like his reputation is preceding him and has, you know, has been that way since then. So I just think there's like, even, even when big stars have come in it and have fallen in line with, like Brian did it as well, like Adam Cole the same, of following the rules of how you get over and achieve things in AEW, Chris Jericho's always yeah. just been able to avoid that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. So yeah, he cozied up to, in storyline, uh, Various people when they got hot, Orange Cassidy, MJF, Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, the list goes on and on. We've mentioned quite a few here. But, Sid, we're here to solve the Chris Jericho yeah. problem. What is the solution, do you think? It's difficult, but I think I've arrived at a half-decent idea. Feel free to disagree in the comments or agree in the comments, mm-hmm. um, preferably that. The thing about Chris Jericho and the Chris Jericho problem is that I don't think there's any appetite whatsoever to see Chris Jericho turn face, and that's always something that every wrestler, no no matter how stale they feel, can always fall back on. Right, okay, I'm losing steam. I don't have the momentum I once did. The fans are tiring of my act, and the demo god incidentally feels a long time ago. That ratings line is straight right across the middle or there or thereabouts. He used to have this massive spike at the top of the hour where Jericho's programs were always situated, and maybe that in itself Mm. tells a story similar to the one we are um, imparting here, if you like. With Chris Jericho, there's no face turn. I don't... I know he's massively over, and I know he's still a big star, and I know that maybe it's an online wrestling fan bubble thing because people still cheer Judas. His matches are still white hot, but that's what the cruises do well. The cruisers do well. Like, he's still an absolutely massive star. It is very online wrestling bubble, but still, I do feel the general consensus is starting to turn against Jericho. And when that happens, you have to pivot. Now, you can't pivot into a baby first, baby face turn. I don't think so anyway. I don't think there's any appetite for it. Is anyone really, when they talk about MJF's trajectory as world champion, is a baby face Chris Jericho on anyone's list? No. Frankly, it's not on mine. People would dread it. Because of prior yeah. stories, I think. Absolutely. So you can't turn face. Short of a actual complete reinvention a la 2008, I think that he has to make a concerted run in the tag team division. And the good news is that the sex gods are absolutely incredible. Like an unreal tag team yeah. shaped by a combination of Chris Jericho's beginnings in the game, his sort of learning under Jim Cornette in SMW. Like, the man is a great tag team wrestler. The Sex Gods are great. He had this short-lived but mythical uh, tag run with Eddie Guerrero in WCW. He's done some... He's 
As a tag team wrestler, he was part of what many consider to be, to this day, the single greatest match in the history of Monday Night Raw. Like, I think Chris Jericho is the most underrated tag team wrestler of all time, and I love every last Le Sex Gods match. I would like to see something like JAS de-emphasized. I don't know if they need to be dissolved entirely, but I think that act is too derivative of the inner circle, who would become a bit of a laughing stock by design a bit towards the end of their run. So I think that needs to go away somehow. And the sex gods versus the acclaimed as a medium-term direction would really remind people what it is that Chris Jericho was fantastic at. I think if you don't like Chris Jericho, and again, a lot of people are expressing anti-Jericho sentiment, then... Max Caster cutting raps on him for like three months. I don't <laughs> think he would run out of material, quite frankly. I just don't. The match itself would be incredible. This is all premised on the idea that the acclaimed reclaim those tag team titles. But that, for me, is the double or nothing tag team title match in the event that it's acclaimed and not FDR who take the tag team titles off what I think most expect to be a transitional guns title run. And after that... You've got so much story between Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara to explore a singles run. But then, because all of these things happen in cycles and waves, you will run into the next Chris Jericho problem. Because hand on heart, right, okay, you have to answer. It's like one of those things, would you shag your nan for a million quid? (laughs) No, but it's like one of those questions where it's like, right, okay, hand on heart, you have to answer in five seconds. Say that the sex gods lose this... Awesome, really entertaining, uh, pitched tag team title feud versus the acclaimed. And then they split up. Who's the baby face, Guevara or Jericho? Uh, Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho. But it's lesser of two evil stuff, isn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. We know that Jericho can play baby face really well. Sammy Guevara can't, despite how incredible and spectacular his in-ring work is. So I, he's running out of long-term directions We've watched him for 30 years. That can never go like unemphasized. No. This man, and I know he does a lot of it for his own mythology, his own mystique, and a lot of the reinventions, like the wizard is knee different to Le Champion. <laughs> it just isn't. It's a different name. So yes, he sort of romanticizes it, but the man has kept himself relevant for three decades. And in this sort of insta-take culture um, where perspective of anything is lost, it cannot go underemphasized that he has done a miraculous and legendary job with his career. We are not saying that oh, he's been a bit rubbish for the past two months. Rubbish all of his achievements. We're not saying that at all. But we are quickly, in my opinion, reaching a point where whatever cool thing you can book or forecast for Jericho, that problem for me just seems to resurface. Yeah, I'm not um, necessarily suggesting that this is going to happen every single time. But I sometimes get the feeling with Jericho, like I did with Cody towards the end of his AEW run. When Cody landed in WWE, literally the second he came on stage, I was like, he's where he needs to be. Maybe not forever, but certainly for right now. Jericho, there may not be a case of him going back in the same way that Cody probably will. And, you know, for all I know, him and Triple H may not be on the best of terms to make that business relationship work. But I am at this point more curious to see Jericho out of AEW than in it. Um, I'm sure he's not. 
Like there's often He's just signed a new long term deal. There's often the feeling that he wants to spend the rest of his career there, yeah. and I would certainly get that. Like he kind of he didn't put his neck on the line. Like he wasn't in a position where he couldn't take financial risks, but he'd always spoke quite highly of his relationship with Vince McMahon. So to park that to do AEW obviously meant quite a lot to him. I don't doubt that he's got a lot of. Uh, emotional stake in the future of AEW, like going beyond contracts and things like that. And he's made himself a locker room leader. I think he's done the best out of Brawl Out, quite frankly, politically. Um, I would imagine that had none of that occurred, his stock wouldn't have been quite as high as it is and he maybe wouldn't have been quite a necessity to the locker room. Purely my speculation, that by the way. He's kind of one of the last guys to be one of these veterans. Like the, you know, but that's just my speculation. And then like you read things in the Wrestling Observer that sound like they're not coming out of Dave Meltzer's mouth, if you know what I mean. So I think there's reasons to believe that maybe he's in a very good position politically. So him being in AEW has a lot of benefits to him beyond what we see on television. But in turn, it's my personal belief that that impacts what we see on television. Uh, Jericho has so he loves the idea that he's the wrestling Madonna or whatever in terms of like self-styled reinventions I think that comparison gets more apt as the years go by because not all of Madonna's reinventions worked like not all of her albums hit some do some don't and then she tries again just like Chris Jericho but I'm not sure that they're what used to be in WWE a hit rate that kind of didn't matter because even when you could praise genuinely creative people and Chris Jericho getting the Festival of Friendship over the line, having to go behind Triple H's back to Vince McMahon, but just basically having to try and craft yeah. as much of it as he could. Even in those situations, it ultimately all fell to Vince's sign-off. So there was only a certain amount of autonomy. I wonder if he's got a bit too much now in the way where, like, Tony Khan needs to be the Vince McMahon to Chris Jericho's Vince Russo. I'm not comparing the two. I'm just suggesting there are so many ideas that Chris Jericho spits out and it kind of feels like he gets to do most of them. Mm. And I understand why Tony Khan would give him that leeway from, what, AW's four years old? We're talking about still a very young company in relative terms. But AW moves faster. It's a better product. Things move quicker. And I would like to see maybe that power dynamic shift a little bit. So you got the feeling that Jericho was being told no yeah. a bit more. And you could see that through the product. As we sort of wrap this up then... Looking at his sort of AEW legacy, he's been an integral part of this company, like you say, from the moment it launched. And even like personally, I remember friends of mine asking, what's all this AEW thing? And the two names they mentioned was they'd seen a bit of it and it had Chris Jericho on there and it had Jim Ross doing commentary. That was their sort of gateway into it. And he's done some sensational stuff. You know, the, the the putting the title on him was the right decision straight away, straight out of the gate. And 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 you know, we talked about his numerous reinventions just within AEW. Is the danger that this Chris Jericho problem sort of overshadows the legacy of him within AEW? It's tough to know because I want to credit AEW for trying to reinvent the wheel in how wrestling deals with its legends as and when they're coming and going. Um, historically. It's kind of been a pretty cruel industry, yeah. and legacy is decided by the fans more than the companies. If you think of all the times that Vince McMahon has edited out, whether it be a Hulk Hogan, a Rock, a John Cena, a Steve Austin, a Roman Reigns yeah. during the pandemic from their video package, as per the needs of the company's self-penned history at the time, Jim Hurd sailing at WCW and being like, hey, Ric Flair sucks. It's like, well, he doesn't, and like all of this is partly because of him. Like, wrestling's got this history. I will credit Tony Khan and AEW with trying to do things differently, so even if politically they fell out, even if Chris Jericho's whole AEW run started to become leveraged more bad than good, which I don't think it is, I think it's hanging in the balance now, I would like to think the positive stuff would be brought to the front and that that, and that, that could be that. You know, I'd like to think within time, however the CM Punk thing shakes out, that his legacy will just be celebrated as an amazing one-year run, even if it ended in tears and he never, ever comes back. Um, and I think Jericho 
has con- like contributed so much. He was. I don't like him very much, Chris Jericho. Like, I don't get good vibes off him, and I don't really want to watch him on a wrestling show anymore. But, like, you absolutely cannot understate how crucial he was mm. to the early success of All Elite Wrestling. And I'd like to think AEW is a company that won't just forget that. I, c- I could be wrong. We'll wait and see. Politics has got in the way a little bit. The Elite were missing from the, was it the Dynamite second year or third year? There was a, a special Dynamite where you think, oh, where's the Elite clip? It's a three-year anniversary. Couldn't do it because it was all wrapped up in legal stuff. So it's fell afoul of that sort of thing, too. But I'd like to think Jericho can maybe be immune to it. I think he's just too embedded in the in the DNA. Thing is, I am a Chris Jericho guy. This is why, for so long, I was on the podcast, which you can download and listen to <laughs> on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Like beating the Jericho drum, mm. like appreciate him, appreciate him. <laughs> like genuinely use your perspective here and remember that the next great Jericho moment, and there are countless of them, isn't too far away. You can have something like the Quake by the Lake match. You can have something like uh, the Le Champion run, which was incredible. That program with Cody Rhodes, for me and a lot of other fans, made me realize, well, hang on, WWE have been doing the storytelling thing wrong. I know the bloodline already could calm down <laughs> for like so many years because this is what episodic TV, yeah. these are goddamn angles for Christ's sake. And he's done so many great things. Ultimately, maybe in a year he needs to go away for a while mm. or something. I will always remember Chris Jericho with a traffic cone on his <laughs> head. In that moment, he's decided it would be really funny if I put a traffic cone on my head <laughs> and pretend to be a witch and do a funny witch's laugh, it just tickles me. Yeah. He tickles a lot of people. Some of his professional wrestling matches and promos have been out of this world great, and yet he sucks people into a vortex at times. Um, some of it's far too silly for its own good, and I'm just sick of him a bit. <laughs> I think that once it's all said and done, Provided it remains in this precarious balance in this cycle. I'll look at that picture of him in a traffic cone <laughs> on his head like a witch when I was very, very sad during the pandemic, which is still ongoing. And I will just laugh and think, thank you, Chris. Why couldn't you be like that all the time? I, I can't stand him a lot of the time. And I watched Lived in a Debonair yesterday. Like, I, that's like, he is a guy that has that sort of stuff mm. in him. And, there's, and to Cedric's point... Decades of that as well. And that's why he's such an interesting and challenging figure to assess in that regard. Mm. Whatever happens, we'll always have a little bit of the bubble. A little bit of the bubble. A little, little, little guy, little guy in, in there. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, well, let's know. You get you, you get <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on Chris Jericho and this Chris Jericho problem and how you think we should solve Well, you don't have to do it, but they should solve <laughs> it. Uh, in the comment section below uh, or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at. M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.